The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Today is August 18th, 2011, and mankind is one day closer to global events taking place in the world. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Why do we know that the tenth secret is not good that was given to Yaakov? Our lady didn't say it was. How do we know the third secret given to the six visionaries of the sign on the mountain is good? Simply because they've told us so. They've been allowed to say certain details about that secret that we know of, but we don't know anything about the tenth secret given to Yaakov. Did I speak to him about it? Yes, she did. At his last apparition. Did he tell us anything about the secrets? No, he didn't. But did it later give a sign to indicate something? Yes, she did. What is that sign? What was given? It wasn't words. How do we know that? Because Yaakov said, when our lady confided the tenth secret to him, she was sad. 
So we know the secret's not good. Something not good can't be making our lady sad. Something that would be good for us wouldn't make our lady sad. So we know this is not good. You can read the sign. What was it? Directly from our lady? No. It's an indirect sign. And many, many things point to this culture of the world. When I say culture, I don't mean individual cultures. I mean worldwide society. That point that we're in trouble. And things are going to change. We just came through August 15th, Assumption of Our Lady. The 40th, the 40th anniversary, the dollar was taken off the gold. It's a sign. What's the sign? The gold was taken off and not back the dollar? No, August 15th. April 2nd, 2010, Our Lady said, Reflect on everything human, on everything that does not permit you to set out after my son. Transience, imperfections, and limitations. What are the things today that do not permit you to set after my son? Wait, the whole way the world is called, the, the culture is, is built upon. The whole system doesn't permit it. If you have money, you go to the best doctors when you get sick. If you don't have a lot of money, you soak your miseries in pleasures. Sports, entertainment, movies. The succession of events and of our lives from one moment to the next all day long block out God and therefore block out our ability to reflect on everything human. Everything transient. What is transient? It means passing through a place with only a brief stay. If you live through this life a billionaire, or if you live through this life struggling and a peasant, in whatever state you're in, it is only a speck of eternity. Let's see where you'll spend it. Both the billionaire and the peasant can go to heaven. But this brief moment they spend upon the earth, how they do it and what they do determines where they'll be and they'll go. I wrote in Reading for the Storm that Our Lady is our hope. She is our ark. She is building within our hearts the means to stay afloat when the storm comes. Jesus says, it will come as a thief in the night. Our Lady said, pray, pray, pray. Too many want to prepare physically and bypass spiritual preparation. Physical preparation is completely useless without a great deal, even years, of spiritual preparation. If one has to choose between the two, only the spiritual is important. God rained down manna from heaven. He certainly is capable of doing it again. But how can anyone expect that to happen? Our physical preparation to work if the spiritual is lacking. Too many are out of focus.
We've got to understand we can't use this system to save ourselves. As I've often said, our people are not so much protected by their armaments or they as their way of life. If physical preparation is a focus, you're out of focus. And the Acts of the Apostles, it talks about a famine that's coming. And the church says we need to help these people. We need to send them goods. And indeed, historically, secularly, it is proven. The footnotes in the Bible tell you about this. There was a famine. And the wealthy church helped the poor. Or the poor church, rather. So, yeah, physical preparation is important. The use of our goods is important. The use of your goods to safeguard them and put them in a position that it will help us with the future. Because remember, you can say, well, I don't have to do anything. Everybody's going to be in the same boat. God delivered manna from heaven, and we probably got that in the November 25th, 2010 message when our lady says, I see death, I see hunger, I see restlessness, I see no hope. That's the people who are starving. Not the people who are doing flash mobs now, robbing everybody. These people aren't hungry. If they're doing that, and I was just told yesterday there was a video of a store somewhere in the United States where many of them just came in real quick, robbed the place, kicked up somebody, beat them up really bad, left, the police couldn't do anything, and they didn't do anything. What are they going to do when they're hungry, people? It's Our Lady's words. Do you believe she's appearing? Then believe her words. I look at you and I see death, hunger, no hope, restlessness. Well, we're in the phase of restlessness. These people are bored. they got nothing better to do. They think they can have something for nothing because they're good for nothing. They've been raised that way. Bad parenting and so forth. No morals. Do you think they're going to sit there and just starve to death and be moral? They won't come to your places, to the good neighborhoods, to the middle-class neighborhoods. The Londoners rioting. Pass on, they were attacking the rich. They didn't attack the rich. They were attacking working people, middle class people, because they had something. So your ornaments aren't going to protect you. I don't discount it's important to be ready. And that's what this writing called Be Ready is about. I wrote it in 1998. What is that, 13 years ago? 1998. If you read it today, you'd think i just sit down and write this. How could I see that? Because our lady says, pray. Pray and unlock the secrets of the messages. How did she say it? Pray to comprehend the profoundness of the message. It is there. And I didn't write it in 1998 and sit down one day and understand it. For years, I'd understand it before that. This is a writing that's preceded by years and years of prayer, years and years of preparing, years and years of seeing what does a lady want me to do. I simply transmitted it on paper. And so we see our lady coming. And she's our ark. We see about this tenth secret of Yakos. It's not good. How many others are not good? We know some of them are not good. We know Mariana's cried in receiving them. So reflect on everything human, everything that does not permit you to set after my son. Because it's everything in human life today that way. 
So we have to say to ourselves, after we review the message, after we reflect, our ladies bring everything to a conclusion and a beginning at the same time. We've termed this in our community as construction through destruction. We've been in the midst of destruction for 25 years in our community and following the messages. This destruction is replaced by building, construction-wise, the messages into our life. And when you build them into your life, you're constructing a new life, a new way of life that's coming. And everything is there for you to see it. You cannot be blind to this. You cannot say, I know I'm going to lose money. I'm going to do this. And being so foolish as not to act on it with the miraculous metal magical rounds. That's why we did this. And we piggyback on that. I know I've read about hummingbirds. They're all over the place down here in the South. You probably got some. They're much across the United States. And they come from Latin America. And you know how they get across the ocean? They, they land on top of a goose or other birds. They just hit drive. Why should they work? We piggybacked on your funds to put them in the miraculous metal magical round. The miraculous metal. It's the hummingbird. You're the goose. What you have when you transfer this into goods and services, and it's easy to do. People got the misnomer. Oh, if I get it in these civil runs, I can't do anything with it. But malarkey. It's garbage. Who's teaching you that? Silver silver. Silver's money. It always has been, always will be, never will be able to be changed because it's God-ordained in this natural state of being to be the means of a precious metal. It has always been, since the origins of man, of value along with gold. But gold is the king's exchange. Silver is a working man. And if you want to go to working man in exchange for good services, even if you're a king because you have so much money, you won't be trading in gold. You're trading silver. You say, well, what about bartering? Well, gold is a king's exchange. Silver is a gentleman's exchange. Bartering is a, is a peasant's exchange. And debt is a slave's exchange. You pick up which one you want to do, because you can do that right now, even if you don't have a lot of money. There's things you can do now by looking at the signs of what's coming to prepare. But if you're not preparing spiritually, if you're not doing that and thinking you can do the physical, forget it. Use your funds to spread conversion. The miraculous metal has piggybacked on that for the purpose of bringing people to conversion. Joan, surprise me with your story of the week. I don't know what it's about, but we'll see. And we'll add what inspires us from there. This comes from a Christian writer. And she writes, Living by the sea... I often have fish heads and fish bones to discard after dinner. I don't like the noise the disposal makes if I put them in there, so I fire them out the window onto the grass. A prompt and thorough garbage service is provided free of charge by the seven resident crows who materialize out of nowhere. Nine minutes is the maximum time it has taken them to detect my offerings. Recently, I watched one of them attempt to stuff all the pieces into his beak before his buddies had arrived. He carefully picked up everything except one long backbone. Here was a dilemma. 
How was he to grab the backbone without dropping the beakful he already had? Solemnly, he surveyed the scene, stepped slowly around the bone. Sounds like a looter. Is that, is, <laughs> is that what you're going to? <laughs> they got so much in their arms, they can't take it all. But they want more. He stepped slowly around the bone and cogitated, meaning he thought very deeply about his situation. So, everything is done by instinct, is it? I don't believe it. He was reasoning. He made a decision. He dropped the smaller pieces, grabbed the bone right in the middle, and raised it. Too unwieldy. More cogitation. Then delicately, he lifted one end of the backbone, bent it around with his claw, and picked up the other end. Now, holding both ends in his beak, he succeeded somehow, I couldn't for the life of me see exactly how, in gathering all but a few small bits and flew off, triumphant, to relish his find in solitude. Is there anyone listening to this who is not faced with a perplexity of some sort? Some of you face serious dilemmas. We want to pray, Lord, please remove the dilemma. Usually the answer is no, not right away. We must face it, pray over it, think about it, wait on the Lord, make a choice. Sometimes it is an excruciating choice. St. Augustine said, The very pleasures of human life men acquire by difficulties. There are times when the entire arrangement of our existence is disrupted, and we long then for just one ordinary day, seeing our ordinary life as greatly desirable, even wonderful, in the light of the terrible disruption that has taken place. Difficulty opens our eyes to pleasures we had taken for granted. I recall one of the times my husband Addison was released from the hospital when he had cancer. I did not suppose he was cured, but just having him at home once more was all I asked for that day. I set the table in the dining room with candlelight as I always did for dinner. I had fixed his favorite meal, steak, baked potato, salad, my home-baked apple pie. As he bowed his head to give thanks in the usual way, I had a sudden urge to do something very unusual, to drop to the floor and clutch his hands and sing, Let us break bread together on our knees. I didn't do it. Things proceeded in the ordinary way. But there was a new radiance about them simply because we had been deprived for a while and knew we would soon be deprived again, probably permanently. St. Paul said he had been very thoroughly initiated into the human lot with all his ups and downs. He was hard-pressed, bewildered, persecuted, and struck down. God in his mercy did not choose to remove the dilemmas with which he was faced, but chose instead to make himself known to Paul because of them in ways which would strengthen his faith and make him a strengthener and an instrument of peace to the rest of us. Hard-pressed he was, but not hemmed in. God promises that none of us will ever be tempted beyond our power to endure. Bewildered he was, but never at wit's end. God promises wisdom to those who ask for it. Persecuted, but never left to stand alone. God promises his unfailing presence all the days of our lives. 
struck down, St. Paul was, not left to die, though some of his rescues were humiliating and degrading in the extreme. For instance, the great apostle let down over a wall in a basket and on occasion making it to land on a chunk of floating debris. Hardly the means he would have envisioned God's using to fulfill his promises. But on second thought, why not? The absurdity of it all does us good. Life is absurd on the surface of things, but every bit of it is planned. As St. Paul goes on in Corinthians, it is for your sake that all things are ordered, so that as the abounding grace of God is shared by more and more, the greater may be the chorus of thanksgiving that ascends to the glory of God. Maybe Paul's testimony, which has cheered countless millions, will cheer somebody who still faces a dilemma he has begged the Lord to remove. All of Paul's were solved, but not all of them in Paul's way or Paul's time. Well, we live in a culture that's disordered. Our Lady is order. And she's about to bring the world to order. That means you're about to be deprived of what is your normal. You can now start by invitation to take your own autonomy over your situation and guide yourself into the new normal, the new way, the future. I can be taking you by force. This is the situation we're faced with today. The signs are there. And yet people want the status quo and stay where they are with it. I had a question come up, actually talking with uh, some of our community members in Medjugorje right now who are manning the Caritas Mission House every day. A lot of people from all over the world coming in. And in particular, the Irish um, have taken hold of it ain't going to happen in a strong way. Uh, have been following this for for the past several years. They've actually said that it's they are seeing a commonly uh, neighbors gardening and and uh, taking this path um, that they hadn't seen in years. Um, but one particular question keeps surfacing, and they come in and they they say that you know, and they're they're desired to, to spread this information to family and friends about getting out of debt. Their re the response that comes back to them from their unbelieving family and friends is that everybody's in debt. The whole country's in debt. Every business is in debt. So if things do fall in the future, we're all in the same boat. And it's not likely that the uh, banks are going to come and repossess everybody's car, everybody's land, everybody's houses. So why worry about that right now? What's the purpose if everybody's in the same boat? Why just not ride out the, the storm? Well, it makes much, as much sense to stay on the Titanic as that reasoning. You're a fool to think this way. Well, because everybody's in debt, then everybody's going down, then everything's going to stay normal. It's not going to be that way. There's a truth. In the Great Depression, 1929, if you owed very little money and almost out of debt on your house, on your mortgage, they took it. They wanted it. And if you owed a lot, you kept it. So both ways are not good. If you're almost paid off, get the thing paid off quickly. Because it is a danger in that sense. But the difference in somebody being along with everybody else on the Titanic is they drowned. 
you know, you become an owner of your house when you owe that you're not going to be able to pay back to a serf. Why would you want to give somebody that kind of control of you? Yeah, they, they would probably let you stay in the house because it'd be too many to, to foreclose on. But what kind of power do they have over you at that point? The whole point is being free. You want to be a serf? You want them to come to you and say, this is what you're going to do? As you scratch out your meager, meager income, as you tear up your subdivision lot and grow a garden, we want a third of your vegetables or whatever. Don't think they're just going to just sit there. Of course, this is hyperbole. We don't know the details. But Isaiah says, come reason with me. With me. If this is going to happen that way, then it's the conclusion that the banks who are perpetrating a lot of this evil, the central bank, they're the ones that we're in the situation we're in because they own the dollar bill. It's their name on it. The Federal Reserve, that's their money. There's nothing you can do whether you use a $50 bill, a $1 bill, a 50-cent piece, or a $100 bill that says you own it. They're giving you a certificate with their name on it for the means of exchange. You can only change that if you own your own means of exchange. And you can't legally have some kind of, you can't print your own money. You can't print something even in a town and say, this is going to be our, our currency. We will reject the, the dollar. The only way you can do it constitutionally is gold and silver because it tells you you can do that. So when you do that, you're out of that system. You're not on the Titanic anymore. You're different. So don't buy this lie that we just stay in the same boat and all ride it down or you'll be dead instead of those who got on the lifeboat. They separated. They didn't keep the lifeboats tied to the Titanic in case maybe this lifeboat, lifeboat may uh, have a hole in it. When we sink, we'll tie, tie to the Titanic. That we have 50% chance, one or the other, both of them going down, 100% chance. The lifeboats got away from the Titanic. They separated. And I don't know the details, but I could imagine they probably started paddling away from it, knowing that if the Titanic was going down, just the vacuum in the whirlpool would reason you to be that. So why be attached to this culture if you believe it's going down? We've had people actually tell us. We know the thing's going down. We know it's not going It's not sustainable. It can't last. But they don't act. It doesn't make any logic to wait to see if the Titanic's going down. And as I said earlier, the construction through destruction, that everything is coming to being brought to a conclusion and a beginning at the same time. Our Lady's putting the life rafts out, the light bulbs. As I just read, she's our ark. But you can't do it without the spiritual. You can't have the ornaments and all the power. Expect that to be blessed. You can't go buy silver bars. I think you're going to be preserved. Because you're not seeking first God's kingdom. That's why we struck around religiously. Use that. And it could be 100,000 rounds. It's not about $4 million. I say it, but, you know, but there's people out there that's got that. But they might want to put it in, in, in gold or, or silver generic or bars. Why? If you, if you struck it in a religious round that promotes Medjugorje, promotes America's Medal, and that distributes out, 
We know, we know as Catholics, we know as some people who aren't Catholic who believe in the, believe in the miracles middle, that this will bring conversion. And so you seek first God's kingdom, you've got to have a means of exchange, get away from the Federal Reserve's money and what they own, because they, they own that note. Just because it's in your wallet, you're regulatory. You're, you're, you are tied to conf- inflation. August 26, I think they're going to the Q3, easing of that. They're going to print more money. So if we print 5% more money that's out there, we just grown immediately 5% more inflation instantly and, and, and tumbles from there. And I'm not a financial expert. We don't get financial advice on here. Let the financial advisors give their advice. And you stay on that Titanic because they are the reasons this is going down. We're giving you biblical advice. And we know that there's economic collapses due to morality, due to man escalating to the point of abominable lifestyles that man become perverse. That's the pinnacle. That's the sign. Not that we fall just because of that, but because we graduated to that from abortion. We graduated to abortion from divorce prevalent in the church. We graduated divorce from people not being honest, people covering the neighbor's goods, from adultery. We graduated from that from not loving God first. Go through the commandments backwards. And all that came from a little bitty minor commandment. We violate the Sabbath. We pay people to work for us on Sunday. We fly on Sunday. We go out through the restaurants and pay the waitresses to be there when they should be at home. But some people are waking up. Hobby Lobby's woke up. Chick-fil-A woke up when they built their company. Look what happened while you're sleeping. It's a must read, especially if you're in business. You want to be blessed? You want to prosper? You read the least commandment and obey it that is given any kind of attention that is set serious. You say, you mean you to tell me, a friend of Medjugorje, you're saying that you will go to hell If you go out to eat in a restaurant on Sunday, yes, I am. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's a commandment. But is it just that? No, it's what it leads to. Maybe it's not such a huge violation. Maybe it's not such a big deal. But when you do that, the next step is is the lack of love for God, keeping things holy. And by that grace, you fall. And by grace, you don't love God. You then have strife. You cheat. You're a thief. You cover the neighbor's goods. Maybe in a nice way. Maybe excessively you do that. Or maybe you didn't remind somebody or something that you owe them. Whatever it be. Then that leads to the breakup of the family. That leads to divorce. That leads to more abortion. That leads to the pinnacle when God says, it's time i got to come back. When men become abominable in the way they want to live. That's the sign of all the preceding and of breaking the Sabbath. Read, look what will happen while you're sleeping. We're in a serious time, which demands serious responses. You start with keeping the Sabbath holy. We were the first promoters of this. I don't say that with pride. I said, there's nobody out there saying that five years ago. We've been living this probably 12 years now. And we didn't change until we started looking at the Sabbath. And what is the Sabbath about? Money. Sunday's the best day. I make the most money on most money on Sunday, and what are we suffering from? The same thing they say when you go to hell. The saints do that. What you did in life is the parts of the flesh that you'll be suffering for: greed, hatred. You'll be inflamed with hate, or however you sin. You're going to be eternally 
not purified, but punished through that forever. And it starts with the simple, the failure of the Sabbath. So we're in serious time that our lady is revealing many things through our messages that demand you change your life spiritually and then physically, paralleling that. Frank? Yeah, and we just got a testimony about this. Uh, as far as look what happened while you were sleeping, somebody that didn't feel like they could leave their job, um, the, the wife, and she wanted to, and she wanted to be able to babysit her grandkids. And they started living the Sunday, as it uh, says, and look what happened while you're sleeping. And he's in business. His income increased. Um, she retired and trusted. And they started living this, this Sunday, and their income has increased. So um, this is uh, absolute biblical truth, and it's a, a very important book. But um, you're uh, talking about the spiritual side of things. And my side is to deal with the physical. I, I feel that's my vocation. I have tremendous joy in doing this as a ministry, helping protect your assets. But and it, I have a sense of urgency when people have a lot in paper. And I have a sense of urgency. Frank, when you, when define when you say paper. That doesn't mean just all, paper stocks. That means even all, cash. All paper assets, and I couldn't agree with you more about the Federal Reserve System. I, I'd, I'd like to say some things about that because this is this is mentioned in the Bible. And, you know, we don't want to be in the system at all. And so we're overlooking something here. But it's it's sadder when somebody calls me up and they've been listening to us for three years. And they're using information three years ago before the miraculous medal, going to a source that we gave them. They've already doubled and tripled their money, quadrupled their money. But they have scruples about the miraculous medal. Now, it's no secret to anybody that I think silver's the, the logically the best or the most undervalued asset on the planet. Let me stop you right there. You're saying that they're going and buying generic rounds? Well... And they know this, what we're talking about here? This and, they, and they've read the book? This is happening. Well... Wait, wait a minute. They, they've read the book. You're saying I, this is, they've read the book uh, and they're going and buying generic round, silver rounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to mail them another book. <laughs> Because they're missing the point. And that book that we sent them must have some missing pages. How can you do that and seek first God's kingdom and, and thinking you could do that? Your silver, the Bible says, your silver and gold will be of no good to you on your judgment. or right. This is ludicrous. You send her a book. Put a note until our friend Medjugorje said this. You're missing the point. So it have got to be some missing pages in that book. And if you don't get it and you're doing this and going by silver bars, you go back and read the book. We don't want to, I, we're not here, I, this, this gets me riled up, yes, because we're not here to feather your nest for your physical well-being. We're in this, we've gone the length we've gone to get that miraculous medal on that silver round that when your, your rounds are distributed or inherited or passed on for First Communion or go buy a car with, which you can do by going and exchanging the silver, getting it back from places like Dylan Gage, taking the cash and going by the car. They distribute that round. People out there will be holding the miraculous medal in their hands and spreading Medjugorje and having devotion to Our Lady, whether they want to or not. Because Our Lady said in 1989, pray for those who carry it. She upped the ante against the devil with her miraculous medal. That's why we're doing it. So don't even tune in to us if you're going to buy generic stuff. We don't want you to be participating in what we do. 
Because you're not seeking first God's kingdom, his righteousness. You're seeking your kingdom and your own self-righteousness. Enough said. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying is that, you know, if silver goes up a hundred times or a thousand times, all that does is increase our responsibility to much is given, much will be required. That's the insignificant part. You're giving God an eternal soul by doing what Our Lady said in Fatima and again in Medjugorje, spread the devotion and the carrying of the miraculous medal so that more souls may be saved. This is the point. You know, tithing is our responsibility. We should do it. But that's nothing compared to giving God an eternal soul. For all eternity, more souls will be saved. Every round you have struck, we'll have someone coming up to an eternity saying, I wouldn't have been here. How many rounds have been struck? Over 1.3 million miraculous okay. models. Okay. And, and, and we're going to increase as the price goes up. Um, but my point, bring that up first before you move to your yeah. point, is how many people this will pass through through the generations to come that will convert? And you well, want, you want one ounce of generic? You want one ounce even in a generic round? Ludicrous. Go somewhere else. Talk to someone else about what you're, you're, you want to do, not us. So this is all I'll say. Don't, don't, don't miss the glory. of it. The glory is to be able to do something for God, to be able to do something for Our Lady that's eternal, to be able to do something for our brothers that's eternal. This is the point. The, the other point, there's a lot to be said for that, too. And I'll just say that from 2500 B.C., when silver was worth more than gold in ancient Egypt, to the 1960s, there's never been a time when we didn't use silver as money. We had it in our hands. We had this great antibacterial agent that we passed around. We were less sick. Um, we couldn't get sick off other people's diseases or illnesses because we always had silver. Please understand this. Silver is money. It's only this short period of time that the, the Bible talks about these times will be troubling more than any other time. If not, if the days weren't short, even the elect would not be saved. Everyone will take the mark of the beast. Rich or poor, literate, illiterate. Everyone. No one will be able to buy or sell without the Federal Reserve. No, I mean, the mark of the beast. What are we doing? <laughs> Did you say that on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? John F. Kennedy and many men have, have done things that understood, but nobody, I think, understood as well as John F. Kennedy. He knew the way things worked. He knew the ins and outs of things. He made uh, Executive Order 1110. It gave the Treasury of the United States of America the right to issue $4.29 billion of silverback certificates with the $4.29 billion silver dollars that he had in the Treasury. Uh, this right of the Treasury was usurped by the Federal Reserve, foreigners that came in and were given the right to issue us currency, and for that right, we give them our taxes through inflation and interest and all these other things. Um, and John F. Kennedy, five months later, was killed in Dallas. The Executive Order 110 was not carried out. Hold the presses. Don't make any more silverback currencies. Um, and it was never picked up. All the silver in the Treasury was quickly, very rapidly sold to investors. You know, we don't want that to happen again. And but what do you think your opportunity is now? Do you that, want to that, just Frank? Just that's a, uh, that's a researchable fact. But I just want to hit that home that it's just not some conjured uh, conspiracy. That this is a reality as far as. Uh, 
this bill that this regula- was a regulation or a bill or a law? An executive order. Executive, executive order. order. Okay. So single single handedly. So they can look that up by how? Just just uh, Google executive order one 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 zero. Um John F. Kennedy knew silver was the answer. It's biblical. Only gold and silver, not gold or silver, not a gold standard. Only gold and silver would be money in the United States of America. And he said in his speech about the uh, about secret societies and conspiracies, we find them repugnant to our way of life. And inasmuch as it is my power, he knew there's only so much he could do. Because he's in the forefront, and we know what happened. I think he knew what was going to happen. But he knew by doing this that Americans... As, as Our Lady said, all together with her son. And there's so much in this message. I just want to say two things about the August 2nd message. Everything is in there. Um, to the nine out of ten wives that call me and say, my husband doesn't get this, the answer's in that message. All together with my son. The husband's the head of the family as Christ is the head of the church. With my son. God's family. Father's strength. Pray for your pray with all your heart for your shepherds. My son has chosen them, certainly our priests. But God chose your husband to shepherd your family. Pray with all your heart. I'm not concerned. I have anxiety, or not anxiety, I have a sense of urgency with people who have paper assets, but I don't have, you know, some things I'm less concerned about. And this is something I'm less concerned about, these holy wives that are seeing this. Their husbands are going to come around. It doesn't, that doesn't concern me. I believe that with all my heart. God, you know, will take care of these things. But the answer's in that message. And the other thing I want to point out about that message is, in, so you understand something, a friend of Medjugorje is the one that told me of its tremendous significance. I thought it was profound when I read it. But this is the other thing that helps us and, and, and gives us a clue in our time that you've been able to see these things. And... You have a charism. You also have uh, this zeal and, and love for Our Lady that drives you, and this obedience to her message that you see these things quicker than we do. And this is what I want to tell you. You know, the answer is in these writings. The, you know, it's no coincidence the first writing was How to Change Your Husband. Our Lady needs the wives and mothers. Feminine is the most powerful thing in the world. And from that, all the major writings, the minor writings, this is, this will help you get it. And, you know, don't make the mistake of thinking that this is about investments. This is about silver. This is about protecting yourself. If, if you've heard this message and put them into life, what we're talking about and it ain't going to happen, you're called to be leaders of a new time. You're going to see the glory that's going to be revealed, and this is this is a glorious time that we live in, and we are winning. And it's uh, an investment into future, uh, a future way of life. And people, we work for money. That's how the culture is driven. But we should be working for a way of life that both take money, both take the means to exchange to do that. It's just how you've applied it. Wouldn't that's you rather be? That we can do all together with Our Lady's Son to heal. The world. Right. She said that. We're going to heal the world. Frank, we're out of time. Uh, how did they get a hold of you? Okay. Um, you can call us at toll-free 
936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Our website's globalsilverinvestors.com. And the phone number, again, is 877-936-7686. And I'd like to just add that we are not financial advisors. We don't have any license to do that. We don't pretend to be that way. We know a true way. We know the right way. We know the biblical way. And what we give you is advice biblically, message-wise, and what is morally good. By doing that, you can't go wrong. And we're in the shape. We're in the system that's been built by the financial advisors there. And we tell people, get away from them. Don't listen to their advice. This is not something that somebody else didn't tell you. Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all times, has said, manage your own money. It's ludicrous for money you earn that you need to turn over to somebody who is the experts. And we've quoted different things that they said from the bankers all the way through. And I'm not classifying necessarily bankers in that because there's a lot of good bankers. We just were told a banker called another banker and said, take your money out of the 401ks. I was just told that in Houston. It's pretty incredible. Why would a banker two weeks ago call another banker and say, get your money Monday morning out of the 401ks? And we've been criticized for that. And now a banker's saying that? The financial advisors will never say that. They make money managing your money. So don't trust them. They'd be good Catholics. They'd be praying. They're part of a system that maybe they're even blinded to. You manage things according biblically and your whole future. So if you lost your job tomorrow, what should you be doing today to provide for your needs? Think about that. There's things you can do. You can start counting. I met one girl in Houston on our first talk that said for nine years they didn't have children. They went to a conversion. Now they got six kids. And she's canning. And she's, she says, I hate to even put the jars up in, in a cupboard because it's so beautiful. See, she's just experienced motherhood instead of being a taxi cab driver, instead of being told to go over to the sports games with this and take the kids here and take there. No wonder women are fulfilled. They're out shopping. They're out doing stupid lunches when they can be home canning. And when they do that, suddenly they feel mother. They feel, oh, I'm a provider. In the wintertime, when they know what they did last summer, going even to the, uh, the market and buying and canning. You get something. You feel woman when you do that. You feel mother when you do that. And she displayed this joy. Our, our, my, my girls are doing this with me, and we have so much fun. It's hot. It's hot in the kitchen. It's slave work. But then in the winter, you think, oh, you did something. You do nothing now going paying $20 for a dress or something that, as opposed to one making it. People say, well, I can go buy it cheaper. I can make it. No, you can't. You can't dollar-wise, but you can't life-wise. The richness that comes back to you when you see your daughter skipping and hopping in a dress is so much more beautiful than if you paid cash for it. I don't care if you got the money to do it. Be mother. Man, be father. Toil us all. We know doctors have have gardens after doing surgery. They get therapeutic consolation from that. We've lost the way. So, you have to understand that you're about to be deprived of your normal. And if you want to change that, it takes reflection on what's transcends. We love you. We wish Our Lady goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.